Welcome to the Kerrville Podcast, episode number 75. Michaela here and John Barrera. And today's guest is uh, somebody awesome in the Texas Hill Country. I've known him for a long time and he does great things. And you probably know who he is too. Born and raised in Kerrville, we have the Kerrville State Hospital Community Relations Assistant Director and Public Information Officer, Pete Calderon. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. So you've been at the state hospital for 18 years now. Yes. 18 years. And uh, Shatter the Stigma is going on next weekend. And there are spots available for people to run, right? You want as many people to show up as possible, we right? want as many as possible. And you can uh, go to the curvillevsc.org or is, the Athlete Guild and to sign up. What is that and why is it so important for people to, to show up and participate? Uh, again, because... One in five people are affected or diagnosed with mental health. Um, we want to bring mental health awareness uh, to the community and to uh, an understanding of what happens. And, and you know, and, and we shatter the stigma. We want to get rid of some of those myths of people that, you know, think or they see on TV, that kind of stuff, that it's not really accurate. What kind of myths? Um, well, you know, there's some television shows that depict mental illness or what a facility might look like. Mm. Um, and that is by far total opposite of our facility or what a facility like that looks like. And um, it's almost like a college campus. Really? Yeah. And everybody's walking around. Everybody's got mm-hmm. our patients have jobs. You know, 75% of our patients have jobs on campus. I didn't know That's that. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, because they're not meant to stay in our facility. They are, they will be discharged. The average stay is probably about 1700 days, but they are going to be discharged at some point. So we have to give them every tool uh, possible so they can function in the community. Once they're discharged, it's almost like a rehabilitation center. It is. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Yeah. 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 In life. And so there is a, but there is a stigma around mental health. Uh, all together. Yes. You know, people are ashamed of admitting if they're depressed. They're ashamed of admitting if they have anxiety or if they have something else going on. They don't like to talk about it because it has been stigmatized. And you're right, Pete. I mean, Hollywood has been terrible mm-hmm. to mental illness and and facilities because it shows facilities in a worse light possible. Right. You know, and uh, I mean, even even Stranger Things, you know, season four of Stranger Things came out over the weekend. And have you seen any any of Stranger Things? And it, it makes a a mental health facility just look terrible. Mm-hmm. Is, is what it does, you know. And and you got to realize that that's that's Hollywood. That's not reality. There's been so many times when I've given a tour of our facility, and at the end, there people are just uh, overwhelmed with, wow, mm-hmm. of that's not what I thought it was going to be like. That's not what I thought was happening here. This is total opposite. Like it's kind of, you can't even tell the difference between the patients and the employees. Yeah. You know, that's, it's just, uh, yeah, again, it's not, it's not what everybody thinks it is. And, and I've, uh, I don't want to go too into detail, but I've, uh, been to a Christmas party there one time and with a certain program that I'm in and it was, I mean, they were awesome. The people there were awesome. They were friendly. It was, it was, I actually enjoyed myself. I was, you know, Karen Tallarico was there. Mm -hmm. Sure, you know Karen very well. I mean, you probably work with her every day, right? Yes. Yeah, Karen Tallarico was there, and it was it was great. You know, there were, they they we uh, had a really nice dinner, and there were some presents that were open and everything. It was really cool. You know, really cool experience. Is she and, related and, to Jeff? That's, uh, his yeah, wife. that's Jeff's wife. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
And if you get a chance to volunteer or, or help out at the Kerrville State Hospital, this is uh, really a good opportunity for you to, to do that. And I'm telling you what, you'll see you'll see some things about the state hospital that they're like, misconceptions based off of what you would think. Yeah, in, you the, know? in the VSC, uh, truly those Christmas parties and things uh, are stuff that the state does not pay for. Yeah. Uh, the VSC foots the bill. But it puts the humanistic part of recovery um, and their treatment. Uh, when they have people from the outside coming in, doing things, uh, it just shows that they care, you know, that they matter. You know, they're not just put over there and forgotten about, that mm. people do care. And so we l- like and enjoy the community to come in because it helps with it helps them. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing uh, what the Volunteer Services Council does. So. Uh, how long has the Volunteer Services Council been around? 1969. So it's been around a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very important. The hospital that- was uh, was taken over by the state in 1951. Okay. Um, and then I, they went a couple of years that they uh, closed now, it down. Was it was it a mental health facility before then? It started out as a tuberculosis hospital oh, wow. for uh, African Americans. Oh, wow. Okay. And then it morphed into, and that's... Uh, Dr. Thompson, hence Thompson Drive. Mm. Uh, the state bought it, the facility from him. Did that have anything to do with the country music singer? I don't know. That used to, well, who was the country music singer? Kathleen Hudson. Oh, okay. Was she, I, f- I forgot who it was, but he had a house down on Jefferson Street, I want to say, at one time. Huge country music singer back in like the 1930s and 1940s. And I wonder if that had anything to do with him that's something to ask we need to get yeah. kathleen hudson on and ask her yeah. that kathleen yeah. hudson so it was a tuberculosis center and then it got purchased it, in well in 1951 it got purchased and then the um the state uh discharged everyone and closed the facility for a couple of years and so in 1953 it opened back up and it was a mhmr and we were okay. a catchment system we were for san antonio state hospital so when they overflowed they would come here so for the 1960s all the way up to the 90s or the end of the bottom of the 80s uh, we had about a thousand five hundred mental health patients it's um, a lot that's a lot and how many do you all have now we are budgeted for 220 mm. is what we are funded for and are we're in a, in the process of an expansion and it's going to give us 70 more patients and 250 more jobs 250 more jobs. That is huge. And uh, yeah. y'all have 600 employees right now? Yes. So the state hospital impacts the economy of Kerrville dramatically. Yes. We have about a $35 million budget a year, and 95% of that stays here in Kerrville. Amen. That's that's incredible. That's what we promote. Yeah. It, you know, small yeah, business, the dollar local. stays here. And I know I know the Kerrville State Hospital has to be in the top 10 of the top employers in, we're, in we're Kerr number, County. We're number three, but after we... Number get, three. Okay. After we fully staff, we'll be number two. Mm. Wow. That's larger yeah. than... I think Peterson is number one. And then the school district is, is number, number two. two. Yeah. And we're number three. Y'all are going to pass up the school district? <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that is. Yeah. That is crazy. But you know what? That's a, that's a really good for our local economy, too. Yeah, very, very yeah. good. I mean, there's so many towns that would do anything to get a facility like this in their town just for the economic purposes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there there have been some questions over the years with, and I know this is going to come up because there are, 
anytime something happens, there are always uh, proponents, you know, and you always have people that make comments or they don't understand the full situation. And they, before they do the research, they just start spouting off about whatever. Um, what what about the, the safety and security uh, of the people in this area once once you get 70 more patients in there? what What is the safety and the security of the Kerrville State Hospital like? It's okay. So, um, again, we tell everybody that they are safer within our gates than they are at 9 o'clock at, at Walmart. Our patients are diagnosed. They're treated. Uh, they're receiving uh, therapies. That person that's dealing with mental illness, uh, undiagnosed or self-medicated, that's at Walmart, you know, so they're not, they're, they're not receiving anything. I've seen them. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're around, they're around. Uh, so our patients are, they're receiving treatment. They're getting, they're medicated, they're diagnosed, that kind of stuff. So uh, we're, it's just a lot safer there. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. or would you be safer coming out of an AA meeting or a bar at one o'clock at night? Mm. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're safer coming out of the AE meeting. They're getting treatment. Yeah, 11 times out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's what we tell everybody there. And the, the stigma also is that they're, you know, did they commit an offense? Absolutely. You know, that's why they're there. They're mandated by the state. Now, are the they court. violent offenses or are there some that aren't violent or how does that? There's some that aren't. Uh, uh, okay. It, it ranges. But we are a forensic facility, which means that there's, you've had some trouble with the law. Okay. And so uh, we are 100% forensic. We are uh, 100% adult facility. Um, so, you know, we see we're about 70% men, 30% women. So. I took a tour of the state hospital one time. It's been several years since I t somebody, somebody gave me a tour, and I'm trying to remember what it was all about. Uh, I think Karen set it up. But. There are a lot of amenities there for people. I mean, y'all have a lot going on, and I'm sure the Volunteer Service Council, I'm sure this really helps that. I mean, art programs and mm. music programs and all kinds of things. For really? To do the that. VSC just got uh, from the Peterson Foundation or the Community Foundation. I don't want to be wrong, but uh, 11, about $10,000, $11,000 for the art program. I believe it's from the Community Foundation. And there, wow. there's actually an art teacher yes. that goes in and, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's more than, than people would think, you we know, we're very, very, we have, uh, our music therapist, uh, Allison, uh, Ali Grisardo and uh, Jamie Peterson is the art therapist. Uh, they work together a lot and they're really, they've done, uh, conventions and, and things worldwide in England that, you know, they spoke that kind of stuff. They come with a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge. I mean, it, our patients benefit dearly from them. What about like sports? I mean, are there sports activities for the patients? You know, I know I don't know about now, but I know that used to they used to have a uh, volleyball tournaments and stuff like that. We have a walking track in you know in there. Wow! Do they exercise regularly? Oh yeah, we have a small little gym, um, but you'll see uh, we call it Trinity Circle. Everybody walks around mm. that. I think seven times around is a mile. Wow. So, so 700 and something days you said is the, the amount that 1700, uh, Oh, 1700 mm -hmm. days. So that's, that's a good, what, four or five years at yeah. least mm -hmm. five, five to six years at least at 1700. Um, what kind of, what kind of changes have you seen in people from, from when they go into the state hospital 
to when they leave the state hospital? You know, it all depends on medication. You know, it all depends on where they are. And so once they enter the hospital and they get, uh, you know, treatment, medicated, find the medicine that works for you because everybody's different, you know. So yeah. uh, it's individualized treatment plan for that per- particular person. So, um, yeah, you, you, you see them coming in fresh um, and then you, you see them uh, evolve and come to who they are. What does outpatient look like? Like when they're when they're recovered and ready to enter the world, are they, you know, walked through their journey into the real world? Right. So once they go uh, to court, because uh, we we do all we take two kinds of patients right now, and we're fixing to be a hundred percent NGRA, which is not guilty by reason of insanity, but we also take not competent to stand trial. So the goal is to get them competent to stand trial. And once they're competent, um, they have a competency test mm. and stuff. They go before the judge. They have the recommendations of the treatment team. Um, ultimately, the judge has the last say if they're going to go or not. And when they do, they'll say like, well, you have to you know, go to a halfway house or you have to receive treatment. You have to, there's a lot of outpatient steps that they have to take um, in order to be discharged. Wow. Halfway house for for uh, not just like an alcohol or addict, they have them for uh, mental patients too, huh? Right, and well, and I would say about seventy percent of our patients are uh, had alcohol and drug issues. Wow, it's a pretty high number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, so there are some some terms, and th- this came to mind a couple minutes ago, and you know I. I really do everything kind of on the fly here, Pete. You know, that's just how I do things, you know. And there are some terms that people use, you know, for people in in those facilities. What are the correct terms to use? Mm, I just said mental patient. I didn't. I don't know if that's. And and that kind of, I was kind of wondering it because you don't want to say anything that's offensive. Yeah. And if you're trying to shatter the stigma, what, what are the appropriate, you know, are they are they patients or or or, or? they are patients because we are a hospital so they are patients, um, you know, receiving treatment for their illness. So, you know, I don't I don't know I don't know. Mental health patient is probably the best. Okay, mental health patient. Mm-hmm. Mental health because I mean the last thing either one of us would want to do here would be say to say something. That wasn't right. Yeah. We respect all of them and their families. We respect what you all do as a staff. 100%. Yeah. There's some work going on there. There's some work going on. We provide service for the whole state of Texas, all 254 counties. That's crazy. I mean, that's... All right. What is the majority of your staff? Are they all nurses or, you know... Um, We have a variety. Social work, psychologists, psychiatrists, PNAs, which is a psychiatric nursing assistant that kind of stuff maintenance and what is the majority of staff that you have i know it takes a whole village to run that place right we have uh lots of uh, pnas which are psychiatric nursing assistants uh rehab uh, rehab teachers rehab techs um, nursing social workers psychiatrists psychologists uh, counselors Mm. so administration so we have a you know maintenance we have a unbelievable maintenance department 
I know it's kind of weird to, you know, when you talk about a facility to go to your maintenance department, but they do so much and they're so good at what they do. So it, it makes a difference for our facility that we have an awesome maintenance department. Yeah. One of my friend's dad retired from there. Um, Trinidad Dominguez. And then my, my sister. He's, he's double dipper. Yeah. Oh, he came back. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> and then my, my sister, um, Connie Beasley, uh, she's, she works there too. So she yeah. drives back and forth San Antonio every and day. We are a regional laundry facility. So we do laundry for five other facilities, six other facilities. Oh, wow. So they truck dirty laundry in, they wash it here, fold it here, and then they send it back out. Mm. So when you see those 18 wheelers that are just white and they say Texas health, health and human services, it's laundry. <laughs> Uh, they I'm do that is crazy. They do twenty five thousand pounds of laundry a day. That is a lot of laundry. That's a lot. Twenty five thousand pounds. What do y'all wash them uh, in? Like they're well. See, that was a deal. Is that the they the state went with a region regional facilities because the equipment is so expensive, and so they couldn't afford for every facility to have their own equipment. So they they spent money on regional facilities so they can have this equipment. How far out are some of these facilities that from Kerrville? Um, that we do laundry for? Yes. Okay, we do uh, San Antonio State Hospital, San Antonio State Supporting. I mean, that's Medicine. a Holy that's a mother. lot of laundry. Yeah. Austin State Hospital, Austin State Supported Living Center. Uh, there's a couple of others, but yeah, Austin would probably be the furthest. I don't know of any other place that would do laundry like that i mean 90 100 miles out for that many i mean that's a lot of people that's a lot of laundry you know is it a bunch of little machines or is it like a big room <laughs> huge I mean, industrial yeah. they're yeah. huge industrial uh washing machines and they have some machines that fold that fold stuff too but they can't fold uh the blankets and so that's what the patients have their jobs uh, there's, there's folding blankets. And when I was, when I took that tour and I walked through that laundry room, I, I could see people on there folding blankets. Really? So that, yeah. Yeah. And I was, I mean, a lot of blankets too. Everybody wants a yeah. job because you know, they work 45 minute hours because when minimum wage went up, our state budget did not. So we had to make it fair. So they go to 45 minute working hours. So they work 45 minutes, uh, two or three days a week. I mean, at the end of the week, it's 25 bucks you know 27 bucks mm. for the week and they go to the canteen and they spend it on whatever they want but everybody wants the job so some other cool things about the state hospital is they're able to order food right right they were um they're contributing to the local economy too domino's pizza right. loves us <laughs> yeah they were ordered out quite a bit with the whole covid stuff it, we kind of winded it down we've kind of yeah. pushed it down oh, a little yeah, bit oh yeah yeah i bet yeah Having people come in and out and stuff, so um, well, they'll probably ramp that back up at some point. How did you all get through COVID? I was about to ask that. You know what? We did amazingly, amazingly well. Uh, we did have issues. We did have uh, patients uh, that had, we had a COVID unit. Okay. And then in our family lodge with the VSC also uh, pays for, uh, our family lodges, four rooms, Two rooms have two beds. Two rooms have four beds. And they are nice, too. I remember seeing yes. those, too. Yeah. Really? It's an opportunity oh, yeah. for family members to come and stay for free while they're visiting their loved one. So we took the family lodge during COVID, and we had a nursing shift, seven, seven, seven on, 24 hours, and then 
the next shift, the next week, seven mm. on 24 hours. And they were working strictly with that COVID unit. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a lot to overcome. Yeah. We did amazingly well. We really did. That's a lot to say. Cause most didn't. Right. Most, uh, big, it was big I mean, facilities challenge for everybody, you know, so to, to be able to pull that off and, and keep it contained like that. I mean, that's, that's huge. Do you love you know? what you do, Pete? I do. Really? Oh yeah. I, I, I it's very, um, you know, to wake up in the morning and just love what you do. There's times when I'm day off and I'll go in the office just to go, you know, mm. I, I just, I, I love it there. I love uh, the meaningful, purposeful work uh, that we do and that we, pre- we provide. And I take pride in it. How did you get into this? I kind of fell into it. My background was physical therapy. I was a physical therapy okay. assistant. And so that was, um, that's how I started out there. But because the, the level uh, patient levels were changing to more high functioning. We weren't seeing any more hips and knees and geriatric and that kind of stuff. It was, they were younger and they didn't need physical therapy. And so it, the, it started to change. Uh, when Leanne Fitzpatrick uh, came in about eight, uh, no, about nine years ago, 10 years ago, maybe she recommended that I go over to community. She's like, she said, I really enjoy like your energy. And I think that this is something that you should do which is odd because the whole times that I worked at hospitals, everyone said, you need to be in PR. You should be in PR. Mm-hmm. Really? So it was yeah, kind of I odd. can see that. It's yeah. kind of odd that it kind of just fell in my lap and we've taken it away. Yeah. You have a very warm personality. It's really easy to talk to you. Thank you. Do you ever, do you ever have one-on-one with any patients? Do you ever just talk to them? Oh yeah. All the time. All the time. You learn a lot. Have you learned from the patients? I have. Yeah. It's very interesting to see uh, their backgrounds, their experiences, their stuff. Uh, again, outside of the offense, whatever it was, mm. and the offense, they range. They're people. They're people. Mm. Yeah. And they range, but, you know, it. Uh, I learn a lot from them. We all do. We're very we're very lucky to, to serve. I bet that's people. very rewarding also. Yeah. You know, what's really cool is that when we do have the Christmas, we get sponsors for those Christmas dinners and Christmas lunches. Each unit gets gets a Christmas lunch, a Christmas dinner. Um, and each patient, VSC pays for uh, them to get a $25 gift. Or most of the time they want can- 25 bucks to the canteen. Mm. Uh, but Jan Lynch, who owns Rustic Elegance, she has the same unit. She sponsors that unit she has for many, many years. And she go shopping uh, herself for those patients and she provides their meal. She does it all. I mean, she's just really, really great uh, person and has done so much good uh, for our patients at Carroll state hospital. Jan Lynch with rustic elegance. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and how important is that for people to get involved? I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I I know the answer to this question It's very important because it's life changing. Right. It is, you know, it's life changing and you're making such a big difference. And when at Christmas time, when everybody does come in and they go to those parties or they sponsor the unit, normally, you know, Wells Fargo's yeah. done one, uh, Rotary has sponsored a unit, uh, Notre Dame church. There's a lot of ministries there that they sponsor units and stuff. Uh, and we have where people like, I want my unit. I want my same unit. Mm. You know, they want the same, the same unit, the same people. That same kind of people. Stuff. Yeah. And they just, cause there's a connection. Yeah. And you see, the value of your volunteerism and 
the money that you donated for that party, you see the value in it when you see the look in their eyes when they're having their party. Does it positively impact the patients? Oh, 100%. Something they look forward to, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, it was a little different COVID, you know, because every unit had had to have it on their unit. Um, So that was a little different. But now uh, they normally come down to community relations and we change out the room and put tables in and make it Christmas and put a tree and sometimes Santa shows up and that kind of stuff. It's, it was, it was really, it, it, it was life changing for me to, to see that. I mean, it was really cool to, to be in there for that. I mean, it really was. And then the tour also, I don't know, I don't know with the COVID thing and everything and tours, I don't know how, if somebody out there would want a tour of the state hospital, I guess they just get a hold of UP. Yes. Or? Call me in community relations. Okay. Eight nine six two two one one. It's something, you know, it's basically a city inside of a city in there. Yes. It really is. It's a, it's a village inside of Kerrville. It's, it's really cool to see how it works and everything. And, and uh, you know, I don't, people, they're like, oh, is it, and, and we already talked about, you know, being at Walmart versus 9 o'clock at night or the, or the state hospital. But, you know, a, after seeing the way that facility is ran and seeing what it's like, there, for me, there's absolutely no fear uh, of that facility being here at all. Mm-mm. No. Uh, there have been people that have that have left the facility, and, and when that happens, what what's what happens then? Uh, immediately, we notify uh, the sheriff's department and the then the police department. Um, and normally, when it has happened, it happens you know once a year. If sometimes not even once a year. When it does happen, um, normally within thirty minutes or an hour, we we have them back. What are the What are they doing? They just out. They want to go home. Getting some air. No, they want, they want to go home. They want to go home. That's it. I mean, everybody just wants to go home. Mm-hmm. You know that that's pretty much it. They don't want to cause any harm. They don't want to do anything like that. It's just they want to go home. You You got to realize that these you know they're they weren't medicated when they went in, most likely, and then they are medicated, and I guess. I mean, what if the first regimen doesn't work? Do they keep trying different regimens until they find something that helps them? Or how, do, how does that? Right. Different medications, different things that, that help them. Um, because they're not, normally they're not medicated when, when they come in. The largest mental health facility in the state of Texas is the Harris County Jail. And they're, wow. they're not getting medication and stuff while they're in there. And at any given time, we can have fifteen hundred to two thousand people on a waiting list statewide to get into the Kerrville State, waiting to get mental health services in, at one of our facilities. Oh, one, all, that's right. a lot of people, mm-hmm. and that's those are a lot of people that are untreated. So, will this? I mean, the seventy—that's not a huge number, but I'm sure that will help alleviate right. that. And across the board, other state hospitals are getting new, more funding for more beds, that kind of stuff. We just happen to get seventy. Do they have any plans on making new facilities? Well, we ha- we're in a process of an expansion right now. Um, we took two of our old buildings and we got $40 million, I believe it was $40 million to renovate those buildings and make them state-of-the-art. We're almost, I think we're almost complete. The end of June, maybe, we'll get the keys, mm. possibly. And after when we do get those keys, we'll give tours um, to people that are interested in seeing the new facility. And yeah. But I'm talking like statewide. Do you know if any plans, you know, to help alleviate all these people waiting? Uh, right. Well, it's been the last time that they uh, 
they were in session, the state of Texas, um, again, they approved the 70 for us. And I know Austin's getting more. San Antonio's getting more. Awesome. Vernon, I think, is getting some more. So they're trying to pick because they know the numbers are growing and the need is a lot more. As so, our population increases, uh, it's just basic math that the number right. is going to increase. Right. So they know that. Yeah. So there's a 10-year plan, I believe, to make sure that the, the growing and expansions continue. So we can Awesome. And uh, before we started the podcast, what what's the story behind the Arcadia? <laughs> your great or your so, grandma, right? Right, my great. All right, so Pete, you have some roots here, apparently. Yeah, we have some roots. My uh, my grandparents uh, on my mom's side, uh, my great grandfather on my mom's side worked with the builder. This is how I this is how I know all this. What I'm going to tell you, because he came home and told my grandmother. 95 going to be 96 in september that arcadia lopez was dating the builder and so my my grandfather on my mom's side witnessed the conversation of him saying well what are we going to name this facility and he said arcadia because that was the name of his girlfriend the owner came in and said what boys we need to name this facility and he said well arcadia that was his girlfriend's name. So that's what Julian, my great-grandfather on my mom's side, went back and told my grandmother. Arcadia was my great-grandmother on my dad's side. Wow. So, again, I, they, you know, when you talk, ask people, like, how they got the name, they say, well, there was a contest. I don't know if maybe that guy submitted her name or whatever, but she's buried over by the, by the um, Tyvee uh, Stadium, the football stadium. In that cemetery right there. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. We need and, to get you know, Joe Herring on this. Yeah, we do. All <laughs> right, so so and you think about you know there's Arcadia Loop, mm-hmm. there is the Arcadia. I mean, those are two very well known. How many people do you know that have the name Arcadia? I've never met one. I've never met an Arcadia. <laughs> right, I, I right. was just thinking about how cool of a name is that cool. is. Yeah. yeah, it is cool. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Pete. Uh, so the Shatter the Stigma is coming up next weekend. What June is, 11th. Yeah, how can people help? What, what's what's this all about and how can people help? You, anybody can run or walk. Just okay. participate. Uh, that's really all it is, especially now more than ever, considering all the things going on in the world, now more than ever, uh, just to come together and talk about mental mental uh, and, awareness. And, and even if you can't walk, you can come in a wheelchair or whatever. Somebody will push you. Sure. Like, like, go be a part of this, you know? Seriously, if if you are in a yeah. wheelchair and you don't think you can come, me and Michaela will, will, will push you the we'll whole push way. You. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Let's let's get as many people out there as possible. So you can go to the athleteguild.com and look for Shadow the Stigma Race or go to www.curvillevsc.org. Um, and you can uh, register on there, or you can come the morning of registrations at eight o'clock on June eleventh. All right, and the race starts at eight thirty. Now, unfortunately, you cannot reserve a spot for a T-shirt anymore. That time has come and gone, hasn't it? I believe so. I think it was last Saturday. Yeah, sorry, John. I meant to tell you. That's okay. But I'll you know, make one. We don't. We don't we do may order extras. We, do, we may we order extras. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, next Saturday. Make sure you're out there for this. This is a big one. Yeah. It's been going on for quite a long time. It started out in Louise Hayes Park is where it started out. And now it's at the Trailhead Beer Garden, which is a really, really nice river part of the river trail through there. Yes. It's we, nice and shady, and it just it's cool when you go through there. We had a really great event. Last year was the first year, I believe, we had it at the Trailhead, and it was really awesome. 
the atmosphere, you know, just being there at the trailhead, and it was just a really good vibe. Kerrville's a new Kerrville. It, seriously, yeah. Does it go all the way to G Street from Shriner? I believe so. Okay, yeah, that, that would make sense. And that's a really nice, because a lot of that's Riverside, too, as, as you're going mm-hmm. on the River Trail, too. So, yeah, yeah, super cool. All right, uh, Pete Calderon, thank you so much. Thank you for Come having in. me. Anything else you want to talk about while, while you're here this morning? I don't know. Do you have any questions? I, I don't personally. John, do you have anything? Um, well, you've lived here your whole life. Um, do you have any recommendations for the Kerrville podcast? Any Anybody who hasn't been on yet that you think adds value to the community? Ooh, that's a good question. I already got Jan Lynch that you talked about, Kathleen Hudson. Jan Lynch, she's on the um, the CVB board. Um, Kathleen Hudson. There's a few. I can I can come yeah, up with get a few back with and me. get back with you. All right, and give you some names for sure. All right, episode number seventy five of the Curveball Podcast. You can get this at curveballpodcast.com. You can also get it on the Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify Podcast. You can get it on the wow. YouTube channel and the Curveball Podcast Facebook page. And I think I just said curveballpodcast.com as well. You can get all seventy five episodes. Uh, on all of those places yeah yeah they're all at least a half hour long it's crazy so we'll be back on tuesday right or tomorrow we'll be back tomorrow tomorrow okay for number 76 76. who's our guest tomorrow john michaela you always put me on the spot here hang on the vintage no she she's she canceled i'm sorry we'll be back on tuesday y'all okay we will be back on tuesday with episode number 76 until then Have a great weekend, and we'll catch you at Tuesday.